You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am your fearless leader, Andrew Lowen, and I am joined, as always, by Sexy Irish Sean and SEO Wizard Rick. How you guys doing? What's up? I'm now out of the closet. I got untied. Thanks, guys, for welcome back. the closet. And wow. I'm not halfway around the world this time either, so uh, we should have a pretty clear uh, connection here with, with me today. Our last two episodes were horrible because I felt like I was like a reporter from halfway around the world, so sometimes I wanted to jump in, but I figured by the time I jump in, it'd be like too late, and you know, there was a lot of overlap and, and delays. It was, it was pretty interesting. Let's dive right into what we are going to talk about on this episode. Sean came to me and said, hey, I have this course that I want to take because he has washboard abs and he wants washboard ads. I guess, which is going to be relevant when you hear the title of this course. He came to me with a Facebook ad course and said, I want to take this and, and learn from it. And I thought it was a great idea. So that's really what we're here to talk about today. Is And a lot of the things that he's probably going to be talking about from the course will be the first time that we've actually discussed it. So Sean just finished the course and now we're here we are on the podcast having our first conversation about what he learned. So I'm kind of excited and I'm also really interested to see if it was like pure hype and garbage trying to sell an even more expensive program, or if it was actually useful information that he could, that he could pull. So there definitely was a lot of information there. How I actually found the course was on Facebook. So I know that their targeting was good because they were targeting people who probably had background in, in marketing. So knew that they're good targeting. Their, their ads were very engaging. That's one thing that just instantly caught my attention. And they're a digital marketing agency they're called Chamber Media. And what they basically did was that they analyzed all the creatives that they had done and worked out what made them work. And they realized that what made them work didn't necessarily cost a lot of money. It was ads that anyone could do. Uh, you might be as a small amount of investment of setting things up. So this course called uh, Six Pack Ads, sort of a pun <laughs> on Six Pack See, there Ads, it is. basically it was a six-part series of these these different types of ad creatives awesome we can go to you have to have six pack abs before you can get to the six pack ads because i'm a little behind i think i got like a keg you know there are going to be a lot of beach jokes which way is the beach or whatever because of the course title did they play into that at all i'm just curious it was kind of like that on purpose there they sort of have a tongue-in-cheek sort of approach but at the start of every episode of this video course there's about a five second introduction introducing the topic the course and that has stock footage of a, a guy with a six pack and it's, it's kind of weird but it obviously they did it to be humorous so it has like this guy with a six pack and there's like this lady touching his his abs <laughs> and it's just it's kind of weird and obviously i'm i'm, I'm watching like this video work course. yeah and then my wife walks in and says, what are you watching <laughs> And obviously, I'm wearing headphones, so she she got to hear the sound. Yeah. So it was awkward. I had to explain. That was a bit of an awkward moment. And it's kind of weird. And because... this is supposed to be like a legit course. It was, yeah. Like, it sounds like a corny marketing ploy on top of a corny marketing ploy. See, that's what I'm always afraid of about, you know, with, with courses that you buy. Oftentimes, they're just actually marketing ploys to get you to spend $10,000 to come see, you know, whatever, whoever. Yeah, exactly. So... It's like that Facebook course I took on Facebook ads. <laughs> so this was basically focusing only on Facebook ads. So it's creating ads that they, basically they were saying the ads which are the most entertaining will 
have the longest tail, all creatives eventually die. You can only sort of hit hit them for so long and eventually it's going to fall off. So it, it, go, it went through six different types of ads that they found to be helpful. And I'll just go through them, go, go through them in detail. But the first one was the product demo. The second one was the social proof ad. Three was the, the closer. Four, the case study. Five was the lifestyle. And then six was unboxing. And they're all of those are appropriate at different stages of the funnel. So whether you are prospecting, which is trying to reach brand new people, or whether you are trying to retarget people. And this is something that I've actually noticed with our, our ads and our clients is that you can actually have a complete, just a, a far more aggressive messaging when you're retargeting. When they lower down the funnel, you can just be a bit more aggressive with your, your messaging, a bit more upfront because they've already had contact with you. They know who you are. They've been on your landing page. They've signed up to email. Or whatever so i think it's appropriate to have those different ads as well to target different people at different stages in the the purchasing funnel i love the idea that these ads the creatives and everything like that that it doesn't need to be super expensive i think that you know using the unboxing as an example taking your iphone or whatever if you are you know a rebel you have an android phone and just recording yourself for 30 seconds to you know unboxing your product i think that that is actually kind of exciting i want to see what's inside and depending on the stage that i'm at like if i know what it is then i'm more likely to watch that video but it doesn't really take extreme production quality you can have it in selfie mode you know as you unbox your thing now my my question would be would it be better to have someone else unbox your product as opposed to yourself unboxing and already knowing like what you got and like, okay, let's take out the cover. Oh my goodness. Look what I, Oh, I already know what I have. <laughs> it's my product. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about doing an unboxing for myself for deliverance. And what I find would be really exciting is if I get the prototype copy, then I get to unbox and actually show, Oh, I'm so excited to see the actual version for the first time, you know, and um, others that, you know, I, I totally plan on doing that for my Facebook community and Discord communities, but I think that that could be really interesting. I find it um, difficult to figure out how would you have an effective unboxing video in under one minute, which is really kind of the Facebook, like in an ad, it needs to be one minute or less for Instagram or, or some placements. It needs to be like 15 seconds or less, right? So I'm curious about these, but let's dive right in. You know, the, I mean, actually, you know what? The, the one comment I'd like to make first is I want to reiterate the fact that they, they're not expensive. Mm -hmm. makes me think the course might be legit. They basically had a, basically like a, a, a studio space where you get just the white paper that you can get a, at a hardware shop and you just clip it to like, you have a table and you just clip it to the wall and you basically have like the, but the idea is just have a clean background and then you get lights and you light it. It's not very difficult to do. And if you don't have lights, just get good outside lighting. And this, you know, you can just do very simple. If you have like a product, you can just do like take different pictures and you can do like a stop motion type of, as long as it's some, some way engaging. Uh, so they were just showing different ads, like stop motion or just like even zooming in and zooming out and just different camera angles, which are very simple, but they were very engaging. And then they overlaid it with text and kind of vibrant music. And that was their ad and they obviously performed quite well. So this, this really falls into the product demo ads that they, they were talking about. So something like that wouldn't be difficult to do. And all that, everything that they were shooting on was they were using an iPhone. So you don't need you know, equipment that is out of the reach of most people. It's just 
takes a bit of you know creative thinking to do you know a lot of the time people will come to us and uh, they will create content for us to use a lot of the time we'll you know craft creatives as well with uh, the assets they give us but if people can give us more things then we've got more to work with right away i really appreciate when people try to record a video of them doing something we can actually you know a b test videos just in dynamic creatives i guess dive into what's the first so the first like, one was the the yeah. product demo that we just we spoke about and it's okay. really just showing this is the product and that the at the very end you have a very a call to action say so, you know go if it's like sun suntan lotion or something it's like oh buy it now you know it's it's sort of you have their logo at the end so so with a board game how would you demonstrate that so the board game, you could just have the box and you, you might want to do a stop stop motion with maybe some of the meeples coming out the box and kind of dancing around the box. And then, you know, the box jumping into the camera and then, you know, your, your logo at the end of the video. So it's something very simple, but it's kind of engaging. And, and obviously it's gonna, it should be thematic to your, to your game. Actually, Quest and Cannons just did some video ads and they did some stop motion. <laughs> really, really good stop motion. Uh, they obviously got it professionally done, but it's it's stop motion, and it's, obviously it's a game about ships going to war. It's like a fantasy game, so you have these little meeples going across the board and shooting cannons, and then there's like paper confetti, and it's all stop motion, but it looks really good and a really good job with it. So I think it's and it's sort of in the same vein, I suppose. So I'm sure you could get creative. I know with Deliverance, you probably could have like the that the minis get close to each other, and then you know one like. Almost like what was animated for your actual Kickstarter video. Yeah. But instead of it being in 3D, it's just the real thing that you've done in stop motion. That's kind of cool. But, you know, I find it difficult when, you know, just as like a normal average Joe creator, that, that seems to me like either it would take a really, really long time or you would just need to hire a vendor that, that kind of knew how to do that, knew the ropes of stop motion and everything. Yeah, um, you'd, you'd need some technical skill to compose all. Can you demonstrate your product with an image? For example, like uh, just taking a taking a picture is like a product shot. The same, you know, would that have the same effect? Yeah, I suppose when it comes to, when it comes to an image, you know, if we're talking about video ads, but when it comes to an image, which is what we often talk about, is just having your your game box, an angle, the the art on the front, maybe some game components on the floor around it. So that's basically the similar similar thing that we're, we're talking about in the game board game space obviously a video is going to be animated so you can even just set up your game like that and just zoom your camera in or zoom your phone in and zoom out or something and that's that's your video <laughs> yeah <laughs> is audio like uh, narration usually included in these types of videos like i could see like someone like doing like a zoom in and zoom out on their on their game and maybe wanting to say a few words about it is that is that common or is it are these mostly just like you know quick little music background blurbs that you just show as an ad and the examples that they were showing, because they weren't working with board games, they were working more with like products like supplements or suntan lotion or something like that. So they basically just had like hip music, you know, kind of upbeat music. You know, you could definitely have voiceover. My only concern is that most people listen to Facebook ads with the volume off. So you'd want to have some type of subtitles. What I've actually done for clients is that I've uploaded their video onto YouTube because YouTube has really good annotations and I've just captured the annotations <laughs> on YouTube and that's composited it onto the original and then I upload that so that they have those screen caps on face on Facebook. It saves you a lot of time because it takes you hours to translate that and then actually sync it 
to the video. YouTube has gotten very, very good with their closed captioning. I, I was surprised because sometimes I actually turn mine on and it's like it's pretty close. I mean, even like when like the background noises, it like will say what it is or what it thinks the background noise is. And it's it's really Especially good. Especially if the if it's in a quiet background and they're speaking slowly and they're you know pronouncing their words, then it yeah, it's it's fine. So <laughs> I've done that before. So yeah, you know, one other area that I found to be really successful in this area where you're trying to demonstrate your product with a board game, it's highly thematic. Oftentimes, well, if your board game is highly thematic, which is not always the case, there are some games that are just abstract or, you know, social deduction games that might not quite, just might not have the appeal. But if you've got dragons or wizards or, you know, you name it in your game, if it's any kind of fantasy. Or, wizards. Yes, exactly. Or space wizards. If you have anything like that in your game, you know, with a really strong, punchy theme, showing a piece of art, you know, as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. It's because a lot of the time with the right piece of art, people read into it what they want it to be. So, for example, with Deliverance, one of our uh, most popular pieces was uh, Michael floating over the town of Fallbrook. It's just got an angel holding a sword, floating over what looks like a town kind of in the mountains and, you know, kind of a foresty mountain area. That was even still performs very well. We used it from the beginning of our pre-marketing all the way because I think it was our first, uh, you know, various iterations of that image from you know from the beginning of our pre-marketing all the way through to when our campaign was live and i would say that that you know just different versions of the creative you know we would change text here or whatever but that same image we would use and it just uh performed so well for so long and i think that it was because people would uh, you know kind of read into what was happening and they would get the theme and you know, in a way, it's like you're demonstrating the unique quality of your theme if you have a really great piece of art. So a lot of the time I find that, you know, just a really great image showcasing the art, uh, you know, a lot of the time the, the box cover image can serve uh, for this, which is why we always want the box cover image. We always want the box We and, and things like that. Yeah, so the second ad is the social proof ad. This would be testimonials or press features. And really the goal is to remove the fears or any sort of buyer objection from, from the person. So I, I think this would be good for re, particularly retargeting because it's a bit more on your, in your nose as in salesy, I suppose it's a bit more, Hey, this is why you should take action. So I, I probably would use search social proof or social ads for retargeting. So for board games, maybe what you do is you get, you know, if let's say Andrew, you have loads of people who've reviewed Deliverance. Well, what we should probably do is make a montage of everyone who said something positive about the game, cut it all together, and make that an ad. That's a social proof ad. Um, well, and that's a lot simpler to do, right? Because all of their footage is basically out there on YouTube somewhere that we can take and, and kind of clip, right? Chop together, yeah, and make, make an ad. Or we get a video of you just talking about your game. And obviously, Think, keeping keeping it in mind that this is retargeting. So we're going to be talking to people who've maybe gone to the landing page but haven't signed up. So you could say, you could have like a very personal, almost like a personal conversation with the person. Say, hey, I'm Andrew. Thank you so much for checking out the landing page. This is why I created the game. This is why I think you're going to like the game. Make sure to go back on the page and sign up so I can give you updates and you can be a bit more direct. And just, that might be a great way to pick people 
pick people up. He went to the page you didn't purchase or he went to the page and didn't, you know, do the action that you wanted to do. And that can just be a very simple video. They're obviously talking to you face to face and it adds that social proof. I like that. And, and then, you, you know, you can just set up your phone and record five of them, you know, right back to back and, uh, you know, test and see which one works the best, which one resonates. So that's yeah. actually pretty simple. And what you, what you should do is you should, if you when you're recording on your phone, you should face a light source. So face a window so that the light, light is hitting your face. So that's nice and bright. Make sure that there's you know too much background noise as well. And like you said, record it several times because then you can either, you know, cut different versions together to have a, a final version. And that also goes with any type of, video recording you're doing you should always record it three times it's particularly if you have one camera so you want to do a just kind of like a wide shot record it then do it exactly exactly again with a close-up and then with a super close-up and so you have three camera angles as opposed to cut cut through um, if you have one camera if you have multiple cameras then you don't you don't have yeah. to but you most people only have one camera so you want to record it several times so you, your editor has some freedom to make some decisions i've never liked videos where the person stares right into the camera i like videos <laughs> rick is staring immediately uh stop that i can't I, I lost my train of thought i i like when people are staring just off camera almost like an interview format where it's like someone asks them a question and they respond in a format that is answering the question so it's like you know why did you design deliverance and then I, i'm not going to respond I wanted to see a game that blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say, I designed Deliverance because, you know, and, and then go on, right? And um, yeah. I, I like that kind of interview style where they're looking off camera, off angle. Um, what I hate is like I'm part of a conversation. Is when you watch you know, like a, a YouTube channel or something where the person isn't looking into the iris of the camera. So they're not looking at you. They're looking at the LCD display next to it. So that yeah. their their eyes are slightly off center, and they're not, they're actually looking at themselves, and it's really irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely not a fan of uh, Andrew's uh, interview format uh, video. Like when, you, when you want someone to be personal with you, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's just too horrible. I think. I mean, if it's a serious, serious game, maybe. Yeah. You know, people need that little personality. So I'm I'm a fan of people like looking at the camera. I'm not doing it now because my microphone's going the wrong way. It's not facing my camera, so it looks like I'm doing the interview format to Andrew. So I'm sort of sh shoving it in his face by saying <laughs> not to do it, but I'm doing it. But <laughs> Rick looks like such a professional. I prefer more. <laughs> I prefer a more professional, or sorry, a more sociable. If it's going to be a social proof video or an interactive video, you need to show your personality. I think when people are looking at the camera, like looking at you and interacting with you as opposed to a person, you know, in a few degrees away, I think that's a better experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose the key is experimentation because different messaging is going to respond to different people. So having different versions of your your video would be helpful. Split test, split test, split test. Yeah. You know, I think about the Dice Tower guys. So uh, the big three were Tom, Z, and Sam. And now, you know, that Sam had moved on and is working for Mythic Games, you've got others that are kind of filling the position. They talk into the camera and they are, they're kind of larger than life personalities, you know, as a result. When you go to a uh, you know dice tower convention so i i you know i have firsthand experience you know i've i know sam he's a friend of mine now and we are sam healy when we met 
together at the very first, it was Dice Tower West. It was the first uh, Dice Tower West convention that they did. Sam was really interested in playing Deliverance, and I'd never met him in person before. I, Of course, I had seen plenty of his videos, plenty of the videos of the Dice Tower crew talking and whatnot. And they were like movie stars at their own convention, right? You know, they're... they're were constantly people talking to them and everything like that. And then the last day rolls around and I finally get to sit down with Sam and play the game. And it's a lot lighter of a day. It's Sunday. So some people have, have left already and others are kind of, you know, hanging out. I think it was an odd time. It was either the morning or twilight uh, hours of the last day. I can't remember. But I got to just play a game with Sam and he was actually quite different as far as his level of energy and other things like that which I found refreshing. You know, he's just a normal dude like like I am. He, we would have people talking to us all the time and like they would they would constantly come up and say, Sam, thank you so much for your video content. And, you know, in some version or another, uh, like he was, um, you know, a real movie star to them. And I asked, I remember asking him, hey, so what's the, uh, what's the toughest part about, you know, being the hero of this convention? You know, between, you know, the, the there are a lot of uh, Dice Tower folks that were really awesome. But, you know, he's one of kind of the quote unquote big three. And he said, you have to always be on. And I thought that was really interesting because you, you know, you kind of develop a personality, a persona that people get used to and expect. And that's what they kind of they what they want. Anyway, maybe just a little bit of a tangent, but I felt like it was worth saying like the, you know, Rick, your, your style where you talk into the camera. I actually do think that there's a lot of evidence that that really connects you to who is watching you. And I think that that's really important, especially if you're gonna be creating video content. I think that, uh, you know, for me, when I create deliverance updates and things like that in my Facebook group, talking into the camera is really important because I'm talking literally to the person watching and I want them to, you know, versus I guess the more famous you are, the more off camera you can talk because it feels like they already know you and now you're just, you know, being, a normal human. One of the uh, old school sh movies uh, lines I used to watch all the time younger. This is probably too old for uh, sexy Irish Sean, but but uh, maybe Andrew remembers this. Uh, it was those Ernest movies like Ernest goes to camp mm -hmm. and Ernest goes to jail and Ernest goes wherever he goes. And it's funny because like he'd be in the movie, but then also the camera was also like when he, he'd actually look at the camera and he'd call you Vern and you'd be involved in his movies too. Like you were his buddy. Yeah. And so like every once in a while he'd turn to you, Hey Vern, uh, we, you know, we need to figure out how to get out of here or whatever. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I don't see many movies that do something like that. I just think it's so cool. If something actually came out like that in the future uh, where it's like, it's the movie, but you're also like part right, of it. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah All right. Cool. Which leads us on to our next uh, ad. Uh, ab ad. Ab ad was the is the closer ad. So this is really a, a talking head. So kind of similar to the social proof, but this is more of, I suppose, a professional version where you have um, a white screen or a green screen and it's just, it's everything's kind of like in a studio setting. And mm -hmm. it's, you, you frame it so that there's room on the sides and, and above so that you can, you know, put animations or graphics or text if you want. And really this is, these type of ads you use um, at the bottom of the funnel, it's sort of like the last effort to get them to convert. So you could give them a discount. What works really well here is actually comparison videos. So let's say, Andrew, you were to, you know, set set up the first ever prototype of Deliverance, you know, the, the game you wrote with, you know, Sharpie on cardboard, and you have that 
to one side and you compare it to the final product and you had a little had a little video you talk about the the journey of deliverance and this is what it started as and this is where it is and i invite you to you know join the adventure that would be a really powerful comparison video if you you know you had like a nice space where you could you know clearly demonstrate the two different products i actually did that with a just an, a still image it's really interesting a lot of the stuff seems like it these principles can translate to imagery as well as, you know, just still images in addition to video. One of the things that I did during my Kickstarter campaign that was very, very successful, was, I think right before I launched, maybe the week before or the week after we launched. So I had a, an image of the before picture of deliverance, like the first picture of deliverance that I took of the game laid out on the table with three by five index cards that I used for, you know, the poker sized cards and other things like that. And then right next to it, I had an after of the, um, it was actually a version of the game that I had set up because I was working on a campaign mission and I just put the box in and I, and I took a picture and I wrote with a caption, the version you know, the first, you know, the version to the left, or it was like a version below, was the very first version of the game that nobody really wanted to play. And then the version above made $140,000 in, in less than 24 hours. You know, and now my parents don't think I'm crazy anymore for trying to be a board game designer. And they, uh, those videos, no matter, I'm sorry, those images, no matter where I shared them, generated massive amounts of comments and likes and you know whatever so i shared it on reddit it was very popular i shared it on a couple of uh, board game facebook groups it was very popular and that was uh i think that really resonated with a lot of people you know that um yeah, so i think doing it in the video it's a great idea what what else would you include in like a closer video because when i think of closer videos i'm thinking of those like hypey sales pitch things where it's like you want the money? You want the cars? You want the girl? Get this product now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much, pretty much the sentiment. It's like, hey, we've shown you all all we've got. So you're either buying now with this discount or that's it. <laughs> you know, then we, yep. We've got no more. So I think uh, these closer ads are a bit, they're very much on the nose. Mm -hmm. Buy now. Here's your last chance. We're giving you this little extra thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we've given you all that we have. There's <laughs> nothing else we can give you. Please buy from us. There is purpose and and a reason to have this one of the things that nobody wants to do i hope uh, a lot of our listeners share the same sentiment is they don't want to come across as that pushy proddy salesperson they want to you know they want people to buy their thing but they don't want to have to try to twist people's arm to to sell it or anything in general i'll tell people you know you would love deliverance if you like blah 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 but if they don't like the things that i said they they would like this game if Maybe they hate dungeon crawl or tactical combat type games or deterministic combat or or angels and demons theme is off putting or whatever. They're not the target market. But the the idea is that eventually down when when somebody has enough of an experience with your product to really know one way or the other, the only thing that's left is to say, look, here here it is. You know what it is. And I'm gonna give you a special discount or, you know maybe or maybe not to to buy this thing do it you know come on let's do it let's get started and that's whatever. and that's the whole point of the funnel i mean a lot of people freak out when like just lost followers on my facebook page or i i lost some email subscriptions that's the point of the funnel you are weeding out or sorting or funneling a pond or a big large group of people into people who you know will like your product. You don't want to waste your time, energy, and money 
on people that may or may not want it and then end up not wanting it. So when you lose these followers, when you lose these subscribers, that's a good thing because mm-hmm. in the end, you're going to have a very well-tuned uh, email list or you're going to have a really awesome mm-hmm. supportive Facebook group. And that's what the point is of these funnels. I know a lot of people, like I said, I've seen it where people just freak out because like, oh my goodness, I just lost, you know, all these people and now, you know, mm-hmm. this is bad. And no, it's actually, you're, you're helping them find your product and figure out if you're a great match or not. Right. As I said, I think uh, with Ryan, of uh, Ryan Wianco, when we were interviewing him, we, we started talking about sales. And one of the things that we discussed was how no is a very important word in sales. You do want people to say no. That means that they've actually made a decision. The, where you don't want people is you don't want people to be kind of floating in the middle and then forget about you. You know, that's what you don't want to have happen. You know, people will make a decision by omission or by, I guess, forgetting you, right? They, the answer is by default, no, unless they buy uh, your board game or you know, whatever the product or service is. And so um, you want to get people to know as quickly as possible. This is funny because this is like old sales training from a very, very, you know, uh, successful salesperson that, that, you know, when I started in my website design business a long time ago, he, I, I was trained by this guy, his name is Dan Bow, And you know, getting to know, that's a concept that he taught in sales, which is getting to know, getting to know as an N-O, like I decide no, that I will not buy your product is a good thing. You know, like Rick, like you were saying, if you send an email out and people unsubscribe from your email list, I've had people, you know, leave my discord server and I've asked them not trying, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, Hey, I'm not trying to be uh, prodi or 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 anything you don't have to share if you don't like but i was wondering why did you decide to leave the discord server and uh, more often than not it's because i don't like the game or i don't you know i looked at the game and i don't like it uh for one reason or another and for the most part all of those people were not our target market in every single case that i've that i've personally asked and these people have been so gracious to share I appreciate this and I understand that, you know, our game isn't going to appeal to every single person on the planet and nor should it, you know, you should be, you know, either it should be hot or cold, right? You don't want to have that lukewarm feeling where the game is like, ah, it's okay, but like, it's not that exciting. I don't love it or hate it. I would rather have a group of people that really, really loved my product and a group of people that just really hated my product or did not like it at all, because that means it has a, you know, there's a group of people that it clearly appeals to. And I think that it's very, it's actually good when those people, you know, tell me, I don't like your thing. If the people from my target market were telling me that they didn't like my thing, that would be a problem and yet still valuable information. But when I follow up and ask these people, Hey, did you, you know, why, why did you leave or, or whatever? I give them kind of like an exit interview in every case. It's been that, uh, the game, kind of turns them off. So that's okay. That's good. So I'll have other, you know, the idea is that you don't want to focus on the people that don't like your product. You want to focus on the people that like and and really love your product. So where you want to invest your time is in the people that say yes, right? Or in getting people to one or the other, yes or no. Did you ever have hurt feelings? Because I'm sure sometimes hearing the blunt truth about something could sting a little. 
oftentimes the people that I ask will say, um, you know, like the most recent conversation I had, they always give a disclaimer that, hey, I just don't want to hurt your feelings. And um, so I don't think it's a, a great idea to, to talk about this uh, because I don't think that it's going to be resolved. And I will tell those people, I mean, in board game design, if you want to do a really great job in uh, board game design, you have to accept feedback and you have to hear feedback. A lot of it will be negative, um, contrary to what your vision is for the product. And people will get very passionate about telling you why they think it should be a certain way. Regardless of if you make that change or not, sometimes they can get pretty gnarly. And one of the keys in being a great designer is taking feedback and appreciating people for that. I think that if they, you know, a lot of people have given me really harsh feedback or, or spoken harshly when giving me feedback. And for me to be able to say, thank you, I really appreciate your feedback. It doesn't mean that I'm going to use what they said or that I'm going to change the entire combat system because they didn't like this or that. But just to realize that what people are doing is they are giving you information because they care about you. I, I think that uh, you just have to develop thick skin. And that's part of what will, you know, if you can be coachable and teachable, you'll just have a better product. If you can stand this feedback without, you know, burning a bridge after they tell you what they really think, I think that it will, I mean, it really benefits me in, in my marketing. The next type of video ad we have is the case study. And the case study is really just using research journals. So this is kind of trying to target more the analytical types of people who want facts and figures of why your thing is the best. So I don't know, this might, for, I don't know how you could translate this to the board game industry. Maybe it's the, the quality of components that are in your game. You know, they're this component and it's this weight and this thickness and it's maybe it's this type of mechanic in the game. Trying to appeal more to um, those technical aspects of, of your game. So mm -hmm. that was... How was that one? Yeah, you know, um, I actually I did this this one thing where I explained my experience in gaming, and I just posted it on my YouTube channel so that people would have an understanding of who I was as a designer and what I pulled from the various elements of my favorite games in the past. And that you know, because Deliverance is kind of in a way the sum of my personal gaming experiences and what I really enjoy about games and, and that kind of thing. And um, I, you know, I got to this point where I talked about World of Warcraft, which, you know, Sean, uh, actually all three of us have a lot of experience with it. Rick, you don't have much experience raiding and that kind of thing. You know, raid bosses in World of Warcraft were a huge inspiration for how I wanted the boss fights in my game to, to play out. It was interesting because I, I just... More dots now. <laughs> more dots, more dots, 50 DKP minus. Kind of the idea is that I wanted people to understand my background so that they would they would have confidence that I had the ability to design a good game. And I was very, very surprised at how many people that influenced to actually make a decision to purchase the game. There were tons of people talking about, oh, you know, I, I know that it's... Uh, a quote-unquote Christian game, but it's a really good game because the designer has tons of experience in games and look at, you know, how he did in World of Warcraft and how, you know, whatever with other, you know, I, I went through every genre of game that I really loved and talked about what I loved about it and how that impacted Deliverance and 
I thought, you know, obviously that's not going to be very useful for an ad that you would run necessarily on, you know, to like a first timer seeing your stuff, but it really influenced people on my email list that just heard about my product um, and maybe were wondering if it was a good fit to jump on board. It's like, oh, he likes this thing that I liked, so I'm in. I found that to be very influential. It was probably responsible for earning at least 10% of my backers in, in the actual Kickstarter. So the next one we have is the lifestyle video. I suppose this is the models playing your games. <laughs> With like the, the next music. to the pool. But yeah, what, what, what I think it could be is it could just be people playing your game. You know, your friends having a good time playing the game, a little montage of that. So people just showing showing people having fun. Or maybe even a, at a convention. Yeah, usually like in, in more like hardcore, like make money online courses, it's like, oh, here's my plane and here's my car. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I think you're right, uh, Sean. Um, you want to show people having fun. What happens when people play the game? You want to show like people having fun and interacting and, and you know. You know, one group of board game reviewers that do a really great job with this lifestyle ad is AntLab Games. AntLab Games has this format. It's it's like board games and coffee where, you know, they they shoot this really pro video of like, you know, if they're going to do like an unboxing and a review and, and a playthrough and everything like that they'll you know they put a little extra time into some of their their videos you know you've got coffee brewing and then you know it switches over to uh them talking and kind of opening the the box and getting everything set up and it's very much not about the actual game that's about to be played but about the the fun that's happening around the table you know or mm. because you know that's why we buy games and leave them in shrink wrap because even though they're in shrink wrap they make me happy just staring at them makes me happy to to like have more games is a good thing in a you know in a board game so finally the the last video is the unboxing and you know i suppose this is very similar to the, the product but this is on obviously just like the hands opening a box and the key here is to demonstrate the quality of the product because unlike you know you buy something online you don't have the advantage of being at a physical location with a physical box where you can pick it up, you can look and examine it. So this is really what this is seeking to do. The unboxing is seeking to show the quality of the the product itself. Nobody wants that experience where they buy something online and then they, they get this really cheap product that just falls apart in, in their hands. So the unboxing video is really designed to demonstrate the quality of your product and eliminate that fear and emphasize that reward. So for myself, in the process of deliverance, um, I just received my first prototype set of miniatures, and they—they, they, I, I was really impressed with them. They look amazing. You know, I have all of them except for one, which I unpackaged and checked out. Um, I have all of them wrapped up still, so I haven't had, actually had time to go through and and um, look at them in detail for um, you know all the defects and whatnot that they might have. And I think that this is a great opportunity for, for those that have been through a Kickstarter and are now getting their prototype parts one at a time. Every single time that you get a box from your manufacturer, you should do an unboxing video. It's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to get this, you know, this, like, for example, these minis, they cost me right about $13,000 for nine miniatures because of all the manufacturer, all the mold costs and that kind of thing. I have them in my hands right now. 
and I'm going to be able to improve my prototype. It, it My prototype is going to look so good with these minis, right? And um, I think that that's something that people really want to see. So um, Yeah, and I think a, a major misconception is a lot of uh, creators think that like it's over when the Kickstarter ends, and it's not. Right. In fact, you just begun. It's just like the first stepping stone. Just because Kickstarter ends doesn't mean you can st- stop pre-selling your game. In fact, you want to go on and go to the next step and even like still sell your game because you can get the extra sales and it keeps going in. And like Andrew was saying, new things still come in even after Kickstarter is done. He's got new prototypes coming in. Other things are coming in. Other ideas are coming in. Expansion ideas. All this stuff is still coming in. And it's a great marketing tool to keep marketing to people who haven't seen the product yet. And you can still sell to them. Right. After my Kickstarter finished, I had a child. So that made it really, really tough. And I did everything I could just to do the the bare minimum amount of communication so that I could be with my family and and all of that. But at the same time, I didn't want to go radio silent. So it's really that I'm building a, a an expectation with my audience that, hey, this is the type of company that Low End Games is. This is the type of um, communication that we can expect and that sort of thing. So one of the biggest, I think it's a such a big mistake, it's drop the ball on your post-campaign communication and... Uh, to let your communities that you worked so hard to build up through the Kickstarter die. So actually, just yesterday, I announced a um, uh, a contest to design a lieutenant. A lieutenant in, in Deliverance is kind of like a mini boss for my game. And, you know, I have a couple of thousand, you know, at least 2,000 people that have played Deliverance uh, on Tabletop Simulator. And... Uh, you know, a ton of people who are really passionate about it and have played it a bunch. And on, on my Discord server, I announced the ability to get, well, you'll get a prize of whatever pledge you you made. You'll get a free upgrade to the next level. So if you got a deluxe version, you'll get a free upgrade to all in or whatever, if you win this contest. And it's just simply to design a lieutenant, which is, again, kind of a mini boss in the game. And I think that that just, things like that really breathe life into your community. and you need to do things like that. Just don't let your community fade because for me, the reward, the true reward is all this money that I spent. I spent, uh, you know, just in the last three months leading up to deliverance, about $6,000 on Facebook. I spent money on board game geek. I went through all this time, you know, writing newsletter updates and all sorts of other things for my email list. If I just let all of that fade away, then they're just not going to back the next Kickstarter. But if I work, even after this Kickstarter, I intend to release future Kickstarters and I'm building momentum with these, you know, 6,000 people on my email list right now. It is, I mean, there are going to be, you know, 12,000 on my email list by the time we launch another Kickstarter and it's going to be maybe twice as successful or, or whatever it is, maybe twice as many backers because uh, we just brought people along. So anyway, I think that's really important. I can't overstate how important it is to keep your community engaged, you know, in any way that you can. All right. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. Visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. Also, we have a very important favor to ask you. If you're listening to us on one of your favorite podcast platforms, click on the, uh, the five-star rating and leave a great review for us. That really helps us out and lets us know that you guys care about what we do. And so we will see you all next week and stay nerdy. White and nerdy for me, too.